Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So let's just uh, roll right into last week's poll question. Mage? Yes, last week's poll question, we talked about the uh, the balance changes to Kael'thas and Luciana, and we said, how much of an impact will the changes to those two cards have on the meta? We had 21 votes, and 76.2% of you said it was going to have a small impact. Uh, 9.5% said a, either a big impact, or they weren't sure what the impact would be. And 4.8% said no impact at all. So small impact is what a majority of you thought. And I think that's what we've seen so far. I think think that's pretty accurate. Druid's still being played. Priest is definitely seeing play. Though I can't say I've seen Luciana very much uh, in, in standard at least. So yeah, sounds like a nail on the head there. Well done, everybody. We'll have another poll question at the end of this week's episode, so definitely listen for that and contribute your thoughts. Okay, now we'll move on to news for the week. So first we got the follow-up. Ixar talked about Battle Pass on Reddit, and I will link this in the show description. Uh, He's responding to a thread on current rewards. Ixar says, Assuming you play the same amount and have the same quest completion rate, you shouldn't earn less gold or non-gold in the new system. In nearly all circumstances, you should be earning slightly more gold and more non-gold packs, etc. <clears throat> Regarding day one packs, while you will receive rewards as the expansion goes on, the gold you earn per expansion should remain relatively flat from what you are now. This should make your ability to buy packs on day one similar to what you get now, but with more non-gold rewards added on top. That's get, important. Yes. I think that's that's the biggest thing for me. That was my only my biggest apprehension about this and he, seeing that I am much more willing to get, you know talk, you know think better about this whole system. So uh, we let me get through this real quick and we'll yes. we'll, we'll talk we'll about talk it for Sorry. Yeah. So getting packs instead of gold, great. We also don't want you don't want you to earn packs instead of gold. As a result, you'll still earn, still earn lots of gold. You can choose what to do, whatever you want with it. Misspoke there, but you get the gist. <laughs> and other quest quest slash rewards. We can push legendary quests or give out additional rewards during events as well. So. I, I'm just looking at this historically. They, Whenever they've changed a reward system for Hearthstone, we've always gotten more. So, like, it just, I don't understand, like, the mistrust for this because they've, like, literally, I, I can't think of a change to the reward system where they didn't end up giving us more gold. Like, you remember it used to be 40 and 50? Like, that sucked. Now it's all- <laughs> yes. Now everything's 50, 60, 80 or 100, you know. So like they added more quests. They're adding more quests so they're at least interesting. It's not just play one of these three classes. You can do, you know, they throw in battlegrounds, you know, whatever. That's not what we're talking about at the moment. But I just feel like 
you should like Blizzard gets at least an ounce of like wiggle room on this one because they've as far and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember a change to the reward system that gave players less. Yeah, I wasn't. I I wasn't suggesting they were saying less. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that concerned me going into this and after some of the initial reporting done about this was that you'd be able to earn the same amount, but you'd earn it over a longer period of time, and it would occur after day one of the expansion, where some of that where some of that would come from, which would then make it a lot more difficult to have. It uh, most of the collection, if you wanted it, most of the collection for a, an expansion uh, right at the beginning of the expansion. That that was my biggest concern. I, I agree with you. Every time they've made a change, they've made a change for the better for the player. And uh, it's improved. It's, a, you know, we're, you're able to earn more gold and get more packs now than you could uh, when, when the game first started out. And it's looking like the potential is there that this is going to be another step uh in the in the direction for the players as well which is which is great of course and then i I, the other thing i hadn't even thought about was we have these legendary quests and all these additional rewards and things like that that they push out uh throughout an expansion cycle and i was i was like oh hey i wonder if that's still going to be a thing and and so uh having him say that yo that that's definitely still an issue a thing that can happen and will happen is good to see as well so i'm i'm interested to see what the pay structure because there's there there's still is that still a thing have they still talking about a pay tier for it for the battle pass yes i think so. yeah that's what i thought i hadn't seen anything that contradicted that yet but i I don't have my ear fully to the ground on this. So like I'm interested because I assume that's talking about the free one and I'd be interested to see what like 10 bucks a month will get you as opposed to like what you're doing right now for nothing. So I think it'll be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. So what do you think of these, of these comments there, Dragon Rider? Yeah, I, I think overall it does sound like they are trying to make good improvements i think like you both mentioned already everything they've done so far has been an improvement i feel like every time they've made a change it has gotten better uh and you know yeah i'm I'm interested to see what they actually do with it but i don't i don't think they're out there to try to like oh just you know you you need to now start paying to get the same things you've already been getting like i don't I don't feel like they're out to do that at all. I think a lot of people kind of just assumed saw the worst. One thing. Yeah, they they saw one thing and they just kind of jumped on it and they were like, "Oh, that's uh, and they like everybody started freaking out. It's like, "No, oh, I on, have my on. digital pitchfork and torch and I want to <laughs> yeah. use it." Uh. Exactly. And it was like, "Hold on, hold on." You are you in, and are you implying people on the internet might overreact at something? I, I don't believe that. You know, I mean, just for the sake of them not overreacting to me, I don't want to say anything to you, like, you know, directly, right? But That came from me, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, but it, it sounds like there's going to be. Send your emails and twi- Twitter comments to <laughs> this guy. To Daring, yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it sounds good, and I really, 
I'm really curious to see what they do with it because I think overall every change they've made over the long term has been good. At first it might seem jarring. It might seem shocking uh, because it's, it might be so different from what we're used to that, you know, when it first, like the ladder changes at first, everyone was like, Oh, what is this? This is going to be, you know, and after a little bit of time, people were like, okay, this is, this is all right. You know, there still might be some slight issues that people have, but, I think once people kind of got used to it, then then it was okay. And I, I think that's going to be the case with this as well. Yeah. I will say it is going to be a little bit weird because we've played with it in a in a manner that's similar to this for the entire length of the game. And they're talking about the fact that, you know, basically you'll get experience just for playing a game. And you might get more experience if you win the game versus lose the game and that sort of thing. And then based on that experience how much you play uh you you earn rewards in the system and and so you know it's like you're expecting that you're gonna at the end of the game if you win it's like oh i'm one out of three towards my 10 gold and it's like no that's not what this is going to be it's gonna be i've contributed a little bit of xp towards my next rank which will get me gold or it'll get me uh you know a pack or it'll get me a character portrait or something something like that and so it's just it's it is i think you are right that it's going to feel a little jarring at first but i it we just we want to we got to give it some time and I, and I think it will hopefully be it'll feel like a net positive when we start seeing over a month or two how much we can we can earn in these systems yeah i agree i'm i'm looking forward to it so um, next up, community manager Chris Sierra confirms on Reddit monthly stats emails will return at some point. I'll go ahead and link it. Uh, there is an issue that is preventing the stats from being pulled correctly. We plan on bringing these back, but no specific ETA on that. Stay tuned. Um, cool. I liked I liked those emails. I liked yeah. going on Twitter and seeing what other people posted from their from their email i liked all the really random stuff when i was trying to to go on ladder and then i play one arena run and then get an arena thing on my email (laughs) it's you know it's it's weird it's funny and and that but they also then could like say oh there was this many like uh beasts played in a month and that sort of thing and so there was actually just some kind of cool stuff that they did as a result of i think being able to pull this information and it's been gone for a while now at least at least a year i feel like and so i it's nice that it's on their radar and that it's going to be coming back because i think it was it was a nice thing that kind of uh, was something you could share about what you were doing in the game, uh, and, and so I'm glad that they're they're looking at that and going to get that back at some point. Yeah, I mean, there's just no negative to that. <laughs> it's just all positive. Um, non non controversial. Unlike our next news topic that might have some controversy, uh, <laughs> the tech card trap by Jay Alexander. He shares his thoughts on ooze and other text cards on Reddit. Um, so we'll go ahead and link that again in the show description. He talks about what tech cards are, why they exist, and why you probably shouldn't include them in your deck. 
Um, so if you want to read a well put together article that is maybe a bit abrasive, if you disagree with him, <laughs> um, this is for you. So, I mean, very, very high level player and he definitely knows what he's talking about. Very smart. And I, I like that he's straight to the point and mm-hmm. is very well articulated though. Yes. Uh, sometimes the, uh, the message can be a little, uh, a little abrasive. Uh, but I, I thought it was very well written and we've talked about tech cards here before. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a time and place for them. And I think the time and place for them a lot of times is in a lot smaller situations than a lot of people think. And that was what he was trying to share. Uh, I think a lot of times people think about tech cards before they think about changing the deck. And, and so, uh, just definitely if you, if you want to want a good opinion on, on tech cards and, and when they're useful, um, give, give this a read. Cause I know, I know that, uh, some other pro players have, have chimed in and said that they agree with a lot of what he said in this article. Yeah. It, it probably makes more sense when the context of like ranked ladder than it does out of context in like the tournament scene. Cause obviously the tournament scene's a completely different animal. So just think about this as a, a ladder guide more so than, and I know we've talked about it. So Don, you, you got a chance to read it before we started. So what did you think? Yeah, I think he does make some really great points, but kind of like you mentioned, I mean, yeah, maybe uh, he's not known for, <laughs> I don't even know how to phrase that. I'm just going to move on from that. Uh, well, I, but so I would say don't just dismiss what he's saying because he plays rogue. He is known as a rogue player. Rogue typically deal, uh, you know, gets those decks run on on weapons and so obviously he's going to have a disdain for for ooze but i think there's a larger point that he's trying to make is that it's not the the ooze is can can be detrimental to what you're trying to do and it may not help you as much as it think you think it's helping you and and so that that's the the biggest thing takeaway that i would take from this yeah and it never hurts to get more opinions and look at more, you know, not controversial necessarily, but more sides of things. You know, if you're just watching one pro player or you're just watching one matchup or you're just watching one specific thing, you're only getting that one side of it. So, you know, even if you don't agree with him, it still is a great article to read through and try to see what points he is making and why to understand different thoughts that go in. And I, I feel like that also kind of correlates to our, our main topic. So, but that's my takeaway is, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it still is a great article to read and mm-hmm. at least try to understand the points he's making. I was going to say that ultimately he's a high level player, whether you like what he's saying or not. And he, <laughs> yeah. his points, he, he makes valid points and it's okay not to fully agree with them, but keep in mind he's probably playing at a higher level than you are, you know? So I'd say unless you're a grandmaster, he is playing at a higher level than you are. So 
That's kind of where I'm at with that. So, okay. Um, then we have another server side hotfix removes Norzdamu from Ysera's dream portals. Um, and that's hotfix 18.0.3 that was deployed last week. And the final reminder, uh, the philosophy bundle, 20 packs, 10, uh, year of the dragon and 10 ashes of outlands. And it comes with two Skullmance Legendaries, and it's available until August 31st. So, as of this recording, um, next Monday. So, next Monday is August 31st. So, I would recommend if you got the cash to spend on it. If you don't, that's fine. But if you want to, you know, get more Skullmance Legendaries, they're giving you two right now, and I'm like, uh, there's never a better time for this than at the beginning of an expansion. So, like, I feel like this is super generous of them. For And you're getting 20 packs at uh, a buck a pack. And if you've been collecting, that's probably pretty much all dust. So, and some chances, some goldens, and maybe another legendary or two. So, hey, I, I think it's a good deal. I would highly recommend it. I bought it. And I got my two. Well. Yeah. I didn't pull any other legendaries, but still, twenty packs, two legendaries for uh, 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 twenty bucks. It'd be kind of greedy for me to expect any more than that. <laughs> so, ah, uh, that doesn't stop me. I want another legendary. As soon as I open the packs, I'll know for sure. I was gonna say my last two packs I opened for Ashes of Outland were for the uh, the Battlegrounds Invitational. And I pulled legendaries in both of those packs oh, to finish up. Hey, yeah, there we go. Yeah, to finish up my Ashes of Outland set. So I have a full Ashes of Outland set. So I was like, I'm not going to pull another legendary. And the uh, the timer on the Year of the Dragon ones, I don't have any idea where mine is, but I'm pretty sure I pulled a, at least one last time I did it. So I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I I got two legendaries, so I I feel pretty. Pretty good about that. Okay, so this week our topic is well, I'm just gonna let Dragon Rider introduce this because this is this is her uh, her topic for for this week. Usually, her manifesto her, I her, is the proper way of putting it because yes. she told us this idea and then said I'm gonna put down a few things and then took screenshots or, or took pictures, <laughs> three pages of information that she had put together so quickly. So, uh, and it's all great. I'm yes. not downplaying any of this, but it is a manifesto. Yeah. And, and you should listen to this. Yeah. And it's especially because a peek behind the curtain, usually most weeks we get to, uh, it's Tuesday night and it's like eight o'clock and we're like, what are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> so having uh, having a topic this far in advance and having uh, some really fleshed out notes has been really nice. So, um, Dragon, you want to go ahead and take it away? Uh, sure. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the manifesto thing. I thank you for the, the kind of... <laughs> It's, uh, it, that, it was all it was meant as a positive this oh is, this absolutely is very good stuff here so no i i took it that way so thank you um but yeah i i kind of thought about this we had deliver talk about kind of how how crunched for time he had been and the last couple of weeks myself i've been really you know 
there's been craziness at work and I've been working way more than I usually do. And I've been really limited for time for Hearthstone. So it made me think, okay, well, if this is happening to me, I can't be the only one that is sometimes crunched for time. And this would be a really great time, I think. And also, you know, maybe people are starting to kind of go back to work now. In some places, things are opening back up. People are going back to work. So they're playing less Hearthstone or have less time than they used to, whatever the case is. Uh, So I figured we can talk about ways to improve or focus on your gameplay with a limited time. And I'm kind of calling it when you have a limited time budget. We can talk about, you know, when you have a budget in your collection and how you build budget decks, but how do you improve uh, with a time budget? And there's kind of four topics. So I just want to run through the four topics real quick, and then we can go through the breakdowns of those. Uh, But you can improve by listening, improve by watching, improve by playing, or improve by discussion. So as we can go into the first one there, improve by listening. And I kind of wrote down, you can listen to podcasts like this one. So you're already yeah. on the right track. <laughs> you're doing Way well to go. right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's also... no bias here at all. I no. just want to point out oh, no. to anybody that's listening, there's no bias <laughs> here at all. The fact that you're listening to a podcast, this, right. this isn't self-serving in the slightest. No. I mean, that's that's why it's the first thing listed under yes. the first topic. Exactly. It's exactly, not, exactly, exactly. not related at all. Yes. Um but also in addition to podcasts, you can listen to casted matches and tournaments. Uh, so the like the Grand Masters has started again, for example. Uh, there's a, a ton of other like third party tournaments that are going on. Just listen to the casters. Listen to what, what they're talking about. There's various casters throughout those. So they're going to have different thoughts on the plays. They discuss different lines of plays. You get to hear talk about different matchups. And then kind of the third thing I have listed under here is listening to co-op streams. A lot of people are doing co-op streams right now. And it's, I mean, basically the same reasons as the casted tournament matches, right? You hear two different opinions. They discuss multiple lines of play, why they might be good or bad. And so lots of ways to improve by listening, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I like all of those. There's uh, a little, depending on where you are. Sometimes I don't have the ability to watch, and I think co-op streams a lot of times it ends up being that you kind of need to see what's going on versus not just hearing. So having podcasts, you know, if you can find podcasts that are talking specifically about the the class or the deck that you're looking at, that's that's good too. But just in general, knowing what's going on in the meta. And knowing, knowing, knowing what uh, what people are playing or what's popular, that sort of thing, all that stuff can help you when when it comes time to actually hit the play button. Um. So if you want to listen to like kind of podcast, like actual like gameplay podcasts, I can like Walk to Work is a really good one. Um. I don't. Th- I'm not sure, but I, you know, Hearth Coach used to be one. I don't think they've put out an episode in some time. Last time I looked. Um, but that was also a wonderful podcast where they just sat there and played a game of Hearthstone and talked through their, you know, a couple games and talked to all the plays. So, um, 
I'd highly recommend Grandmasters. It's very cool to watch Hearthstone at like the highest level. Um, but anytime you get to see tournaments and watch other people play, especially when you get to see, um, get that caster vision, because you can kind of keep things in mind um, and kind of learn like that too. But, you know, they're, I, I mean, as I knock over my water bottle, <laughs> luckily, luckily, um, my cap was on and it was empty. So no mess. We're good. It just okay. allowed uh thud in the podcast. So I apologize for that, folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I really like listening to casting. I've, I sometimes just have it on, like if on the weekends, if I'm driving somewhere and Grandmaster's on, I will literally just put it on YouTube on and I'm not watching it. Like I'm driving, but I still have it coming through the radio and it's like, it's really nice to just even get to hear that. And I'll do that a lot of times too. I'll just put on like YouTube replays of uh, tournaments and stuff like that. So yeah, it's no, it's actually no different than like listening to a sporting event on the radio. Exactly. It, it's, uh, I, you can, once you've played enough Hearthstone, listening to people talk about a game and just having the audio, you can kind of just fill it in, in your head. And so, so yeah, if you're definitely, definitely worth, worth doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, like Darren mentioned, if you're kind of limited on time, listening to a podcast or listening to something like that while you're driving or a lot of people do those while they're cooking, you know, something like that where you can kind of do two things at once that, that way you're, you're still getting whatever else you need done, but you're kind of still absorbing that information. So, um, it's podcasts while at work. Greatest thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're lucky enough to be able to do that. Yes. I, I'm working from home these days, so I get to, like, sometimes have, like, streams on in the background while I'm working. Um, and if I'm not on calls, I get to, to have the volume on. I mean, I always did that anyways. I used to have, like, YouTube videos on or, like, podcasts on while I'm working. So, um, so it's nice to have streams on in the background and, like, you don't have to always be paying attention, but sometimes you look up and you kind of see something or you hear some stuff if you're not in the middle of, you know, your job at that exact moment in time. Cause like, I know what I do. I, there's some tasks that I can just, you know, kind of turn my brain off for a few minutes and do some, some routine tasks. And it's nice to have something like that to like fill the space in. So. Okay. So let's go ahead and flip that now. How about people who maybe you struggle with just listening to stuff. Maybe you are very visual. So then we recommend you improve by trying to watch, watch streams, watch what the the players who are streaming do. Uh, if you're if you're in a live stream, you can ask questions in chat about their certain lines of play or thoughts. You can ask about specific cards, you know, tech choices, that kind of stuff. Uh, or you can watch the tournament streams, like Daring and, and Mage already mentioned. See what those high level players are doing. Um, one thing that I like to do as well, uh, when there's not a fly in my face, uh, <laughs> is watch the the players' reactions and their expressions. Uh, when, especially when like big RNG happens, I, I feel like you can kind of tell 
And I feel like there was some really great matches from this past weekend as well, where I feel like the player who didn't have a lot of big reactions and didn't kind of go overboard with their expressions when RNG happened, they were the ones that tended to win the match. And I think part of that is because they're they're not using all of their mental energy and their focus in reacting to the RNG, but instead they are using that mental energy to think about the plays and how they want to, you know, how, how they want to make the next play based on that RNG that just happened. Well, they don't call him language clapper for nothing. <laughs> yeah. And of course there are players like that. He, he's still an amazing player. Exactly. Even when he does react, but you know, it, maybe if somebody is struggling, I, I like to watch their expressions and, and think about how that could impact their play. And there are a lot of players as well who talk about their experience coming from poker. And when you're sitting face to face when you're with your opponents, you know, sometimes your reactions give things away too. So you, you want to not do that as much, uh, depending on the situation. And then just going over the last thing here for watching is I also recommend uh, going on to HS Replay. And you, when you are in a selected deck, you can actually go and watch specific VODs based on that deck. So you can filter for specific matchups. You can change uh, starting on coin or starting without the coin if that deck won or lost. And it'll actually pull up the VOD from various players' streams. So if you're trying to improve on a specific deck or a specific matchup, then that is a really good way to do that. And you can kind of see what a variety of other players are doing with those matchups. And that's a premium feature, correct? I don't believe so. You can still okay. do that without premium. Yep. Okay. I just, I've never looked. I wasn't sure. So. Yeah. May I, may I add a couple of uh, things to this? So, so one thing, so I, I like looking at deck guides, watching deck guides on YouTube. Pro players, a lot of times like board control and, and a lot of different, um, High high level players will do a deck guide. They'll they'll feature a deck. And they'll talk about the deck. They'll maybe even go through mulligan options and things like that. And then they will actually do some gameplay specifically with that deck. And and so the combination of seeing and talking about the deck beforehand, as well as watching the deck being played, definitely helps out quite a bit. The other thing is is sometimes like uh, some of the smaller video content that's available on Twitter. I think of things like Mullet Over, which was something that Gia is doing during the Grandmasters, uh, talking about mulligan choices and, and and things to consider. The players are considering when they're doing uh, when they're making making mulligan choices or making play choices uh, during during a a particular matchup. I I think is really interesting. Um, and so those are, those are some, some other things that you can look out for those, the, the deck guides usually are only 10 minutes or so. The, the stuff on Twitter is usually less than five minutes. And so you can very quickly and easily just, uh, you know, like it, save it for later and then, or just watch it immediately and, and, and get something out of it there when you have just a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't think I have anything to add to that at this moment in time. So. 
you want to keep this growing? Is my, my, this, this is my <laughs> preferred method, I would say, more than anything else. I, I think that uh, it just, I don't know, something resonates when I actually can watch others yeah. do the thing I want to do. And, and so, you know, uh, and, and I, I do feel like when I started watching streams and started watching other people play decks, that's when, when I saw the biggest improvement. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely have uh, started making plays I would have never thought to make before I started watching streams. Like, I was playing Priest today, and I dropped cars, Mind Flayer cars on an, an empty board because I wanted the tempo from it, and I was okay with not getting value in the matchup I was in. So I was like, yeah, this makes sense to me. Like you just there, there's a little things. That, there's a few things that seem counterintuitive, and being like, "Hey, maybe I don't have to get max value." To, but if I do it this way, I stay in the game. And you might not think of that on your own right away because it is somewhat a little bit counterintuitive to the average person. And then you see pro players do it time and time again, and you're like, "Okay." Well, that's probably the correct thing to be doing in this situation, so. Yeah, and, and that's one reason why, as well, I like videos like what Mage mentioned or some streams, because if you can find players who also explain why why they're making the plays they're making or kind of talk through a little bit of their thinking while they're doing that, then that can help you out as well, because especially if you're, you know, you can only watch a couple of games, you really kind of dig into that insight but let's go ahead and move into the next one, which is improve by playing. And I have a couple things here. Uh, focus on specific areas each session that you can actually sit down and play. Uh, Major already kind of mentioned one of those with those mullet overs, and that's mulligans. So maybe you only have a couple of games to play in your short time, but you sit down and you say, okay, I'm really going to think through my mulligans every game. I'm, I'm just going to focus on mulligans during this session. And the more you do that over time, it you will start to notice a difference or it'll just start to become second nature and you won't spend as much time on it later. Another example is thinking about specific interactions from your deck. So such as knowing what spells Tortol and Pilgrim will pull out of the deck and how they will interact with the board. Does the spell say that it could hit anything or does it specifically say like your opponent's minions. So knowing those kind of things, you can sit down, you can kind of focus on that over a few games and, and think through those. Uh, another example is like what beasts you would get from playing Scavengers Ingenuity or Guardian Animals. If you really focus, just say, hey, these two, three games I'm going to play, every time that I come up with this, I'm really going to focus on what I have left in the deck and what I could get from this and how that could change the board state. Uh, again, over time, that's going to make a huge difference. And then the next point is focus. When you are pressed for time, you might only be playing a few games, like I mentioned. And I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, if I only have time to play like three games and I go one and two, I feel terrible. I feel yep. like, I feel worse than before. And I'm like, well, that sucked. Or I'm just a terrible player. I can't even get wins. You know, so if you only have a limited time, like don't, you know, don't be distracted with something else while you only have that limited time because you're just, you're, you're probably hurting yourself more 
than you would be to just not play during that time then. Uh, and again, this is also important. We've ca- talked about tournaments as well. If you have a you know small sample size, like a tournament, it's also really important to focus because you only have those few games. You're, you're limited with what you're going to be able to do with that. So focusing and actually paying attention to the game and what you're doing, it seems like it should be you know, a, a thing that people do, but it's easy to not do sometimes. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and I feel like um, to add to your point with uh, playing deck tracker, if you're po- if you're not playing on mobile, run a deck tracker, it will 100% make you a better player because you'll have that on your screen. Um, helping you inform your decisions and hey guess what the pretty much all the major tournaments are land these days so even the pros have the ability to use deck trackers so like i feel like it's just it helps you keep track of everything in an easy simple straightforward way that is right there on your screen and allows you to focus on the game and then allow you to quickly look over and see what you and your opponent have played, what's left in your deck, and what you've seen of their deck. So, like, making decisions are like, uh, should I go wide here? Uh, did he play one brawl or two? And then you see, well, he played one brawl, but that second brawl he played was generated by an ethereal lackey. Uh, maybe I shouldn't go too wide right now. You know, things just like running uh, scenarios off the top of my head but like those things matter and like a deck tracker is a simple piece of software that's free that will help you just make better decisions by the fact it's there so that that i mean that's my biggest piece of advice is if you're not playing on mobile please use a deck tracker it will help you and you'll you know thank your stars i know i'm more of a mobile player than I am a uh, uh, desktop player, but when I play on my desktop, I 100% of the time have my deck tracker open. Like, it's something I wish I had on my phone. I mean, I've gotten better at knowing what's in my deck and, you know, being able to track it in my head and, like, keeping track of what my opponent's doing, but I would much rather not have to do that. (laughs) So... Yeah, so, like, when you have a limited session and, and you do invariably have, like, you lose a star, you lose two stars because you ended up losing a couple more games than maybe you won, definitely take the step back and think about the larger picture. How have you done this week? How have you done this month so that it doesn't uh, carry over to maybe the next session? That That's something that, that, that I think about. And the other thing about improving while playing is dueling somebody. Uh, we have the ability to duel other players, you know, people on our friends list. And if there's a particular matchup or something that maybe you're having trouble with on the ladder and, you know, a friend that could play the opposite side of that, you use the time that you have to play against them and specifically work on that matchup. And so there's not not just a specific interaction or, or mulligans. This is I want to learn how to play this this day, I want to play better against Druid. How do I get through this? Well, I can't. I, I've. How does my deck win against that? Or how do I win against, you know, Priest? That sort of thing. And then you get to play one game. But it's, <laughs> it's, 
it, that's another another way that you can use the limited amount of time you have to best improve yourself as a player overall. And if you get into a priest mirror, you get to play, you know, maybe a quarter of that game before you have to concede because <laughs> you're going to be playing into next year if you want to actually play that out to the end. So, yeah, that that's a great point. And even just, you know, playing against somebody and squeezing in three or four games and then whether it's at that time or later, kind of talking back through a little bit, you know, that, that really can help. I've done that for some tournament prep before. And even just a few games, you kind of can get a feel for, okay, what what is the game plan on each side? Whereas, yeah, like on ladder, you're not always going to see that matchup. So it becomes harder to, to actually figure out those matchups. Um, and yeah, like, like Daring mentioned, Deck Tracker is a great tool to help you. Um, I have an example as well of ways you can even use that in different ways. Uh, after we got the Galakrond and I was playing with Galakrond stuff, Deck Tracker has a feature where it can actually track that on the screen for you. How many invokes you've had, how many invokes your opponent has, has done you know, to build up for the Galakrons. And I remember I started, I think it was like very start of this year because I was going to DreamHack Anaheim in February. So, or even maybe before then, I was preparing to try to get myself away from the deck tracker because I wasn't going to be able to use it. And what I did, instead of just completely not using deck tracker, I just said, okay, I'm going to focus on that one aspect. So I turned off just the invoke tracker. And then I made myself pay attention to what invokes I played, what my what invokes my opponent played. And then you can kind of whittle it down from there. So if you want to focus on specific things, okay, let's say instead of having, you know, isn't there, there's like a little box or a little like present looking thing on the card overlay, right? If you have that up so you can see how many cards in your opponent's hand were generated. So mm -hmm. you can take that off, for example, and okay, well, now I'm going to focus on kind of trying to watch my opponent's hand. And so you also can use the deck tracker in that way. You can still have your, your deck list up. And like Daring said, what your opponent played, you can still see what they played. But maybe you, you know, use that to your advantage as well and try to learn and improve over a few games by kind of manipulating what information you do or don't see. Exactly. Okay, you want to move into our final step four? Or fourth section, I should say? <laughs> yes. So that last one is improving by discussion. So we have, uh, you can discuss meta decks or concepts on Twitter or Discord. There are a ton of Discords. All of the different like podcasts have Discords. Different streamers have Discords. So... Join multiple discords, get some conversation going. Um, you can share replays to discuss different lines of play. And even if you win, I have a big note here, even if you win, and I can share that story that I have in there. But the last thing is also read discussions that other, people's po other people post, even if you don't join in. But, you know, if you want to be part of the discussion, then that could help you even more. But even just reading what other people what other people post and the banter back and forth 
you know, can give you some insight and different things to think about. Deck building choices, tech cards, which we already talked about an article <laughs> about that. Uh, popular meta decks to watch for. You know, maybe you have a few minutes on your lunch break and you have Discord on your phone, for example. You can just get on Discord real quick, you know, talk about or, or read through some conversation. And then if you have a little bit of time at night when you get home from work, then that's when you, you know, you'll, you will feel a little bit more prepared and it, know what to expect when you're jumping in ladder. Um, and I guess real quick, if I, I'll just share my story here. So I, I feel like it is important to share replays and discuss different things, even if you win, uh, because I, I have one here. I shared a game that I won. I won the game, but I posted about it and asked, asked my teammates about the choice that I had from Zephyrus. It was kind of a, a weird one, but the thing I took was like, I took Mukla and I gave them one banana and made them burn a card. And it was like, oh, cool. Well, now my 5-5 five five, like, doesn't even die on their board. But after sharing it, and I still won again, but after sharing it, then a couple of my teammates were like, well, yeah, but if you took that weapon, you'd have a two-turn lethal. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, that, that seems way better than me like trying the fancy thing and making them burn a card uh, and making it a little bit more difficult on myself. So even though I still won, I learned something from sharing that replay and getting some insight. Yeah, for sure. And I know we've talked about it before, but like burning a card for your opponent isn't like the end all be all. Like that's not the, they're like, Yes, sometimes you can destroy the perfect card, but you also don't have any say as to what card gets burned, and you don't know that that perfect card isn't already in their hand. So, like, focus on doing doing what you want to do, and if it so happens to, like, put them in a position where it, they burn a card, like, mill decks aren't a thing in standard anymore. That doesn't exist cold light oracle is safely where it belongs in wild never to see me ever again goodbye cold light oracle i do not miss you except for i will say i didn't i do miss dead hand uh dead man's hand warrior you know <laughs> those shenanigans <laughs> yep that's that shows you what kind of degenerate i am so <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it, in all seriousness for a second, yeah, it, it doesn't really, um, I feel like it just focus on your game plan too. So that, that's kind of, um, something I take out of that story, but yes, I mean, that would be a discussion to be had and we're talking about a game story, you know what I mean? So like, it's not necessarily something you would see right off the bat and i know i could probably deal with or uh, do with people watching me play and, and critiquing my play because i'm sure i don't make the best play because i watch other people play the game and go i know this is one thing i do when i watch grandmasters and like pro players or high level streamers i'm like okay i try and go sometimes i'll turn off the audio and be like okay this is what i would do on this turn like you know, put my hand over the opponent's cards and be like, okay, well, I know this, this, and this. Um, this is what I would do on this turn and try and see if that's what the, you know, the, you know, the pro player would do. And, you know, so that's like, that's kind of a way of discussing and like 
doing that critiquing from the outside, which helps helps me learn too. So I like the uh, like the spot the lethal challenges that end up getting put on Twitter a lot. Those are I I a lot of times have very difficult time just counting up my damage on the board that I can send face or and that so definitely. Those are great. I, there's lots of really great discussions on Twitter uh, that I lurk on when it comes to Hearthstone-related things. So definitely recommend that. The discords are are also the, the very same way. So those, the, I I think it's, I think just the more you end up talking about the game and the, and the things, uh, and it doesn't even have to be just like the the lethal puzzles. But anytime somebody posts a screenshot and said. I didn't know what to do here. And that's a lot of times what you end up showing when you're talking about replays. What would you do? That sort of thing. I think those are those are really important and really great ways to improve because I find that it's it's crazy how much I watch other people play and I'm like, oh no, there, there, there's obvious, this is an obvious play. And then they will do something completely different. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, depending on the person, a lot of times their their play was infinitely better than the thing I, I I came up with, and so it's there's there there is so much that that you can learn just by talking about it and and uh, learn learning and, and even card interactions you can learn a lot just by discussing things. Talking about Death Rattle versus Reborn today, I was watching Jay Alexander's screen. He's like the Death Rattle on. Vivian, uh, Lillian, Lillian happens yes. before the reborn of this other minion on the opponent's side. So rather than it be a one in three that it hits face, it's only a one in two because the reborn occurs after. And so that's not something I even realized until, until watching a stream today. And that so those kinds of discussions, you can pick up things like that. And they, they that can very easily help you win a game down the road. Also, one one more thing I want to talk about, Don. Sorry, like uh, result-oriented thinking. Like you won the game. Did did you you feel like you made you made an okay play at that point in time? That was the play you came up with, and then like you're able to go back and to talk to someone else and be like, that probably wasn't the most ideal play you could have you could have done something that would have guaranteed put them in a two-turn lethal situation. So. Like, I like that. It's just like, you, even when you win, like, you should be exercising, like, could I have done something differently? Because it's it's like, when you do something wrong, doesn't necessarily mean you won't win. It's still a card game. It's so, like, being able to have someone else look at those plays and talking with them is great. Because, like, I feel like you have, sometimes you have more to, to gain from looking at when you win than when you lose so because like i feel like you're already pretty critical when you lose a game and like what can i've done differently it's like when you win did you make the most optimal plays did you did you miss a two-turn lethal you could have set up did you you know did you start trading and then realize oh wait i could have killed them that turn too so like those are things that you can learn by discussing replays with people so, um, I think, did you, I think that's the, it, did you go over the last point? Um, yeah. 
Yep. Okay. I'm just making sure. We we got into a pretty deep discussion. I'm like, I had to quickly read over your last point just to make sure we talked about it. I didn't want to miss anything. See, so. that, that was a manifesto <laughs> and a good manifesto. So yep. there was a lot to... A lot to, to, to think about and potentially implement to help you improve, especially when you have a small amount of time yeah. uh, to actually play. So and, thank and you for sharing that. Of course. Yes. I, I'm glad that I could share it and that you all have welcomed me onto this platform where I can help share those things. Um, one thing I do want to mention as well is, especially if you are limited for time, you know, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier knowing what kind of learner you are do you struggle watching because sometimes i i'll admit sometimes i struggle just sitting down and watching a stream i can't do it mm -hmm. so I, I get i get distracted or i'm like i can't you know i i sit down and i intently focus for like three or four turns and then i'm like okay yeah I'm, i gotta do something else <laughs> I, I get distracted when i'm playing i have no problem sitting through a 30 minute game and i'm focused that whole time but for me watching isn't always the best way to learn so that's why for me yeah sharing replays and discussing might be better but maybe somebody else, maybe they're very visual and watching other people do it. Or maybe they're very hands-on and they have to play. So also knowing what is best for you and then finding those tools that fit that is going to help you more than just, you know, if a pro player says, oh, go watch streams, and then you try to watch streams and you don't feel like you learn, well, maybe it's because you need another tool to help you learn. I know, I know... I was going to say, I know me personally, I am like, I can learn a lot from watching streams. Like I seriously, like grandmasters are like so much fun and like the ability to just like, I could sit down all weekend and not get off the couch, you know, except for breaks in games and like watch grandmasters from like time I get up until the time it gets over, which as of late has been after I go to bed. So um, yeah, I definitely get a lot out of watching. I'm a, I'm a spectator. I like spectating. I like sports. I like esports. So like, this is exciting. And I feel like I've learned a lot just from doing that. And I've identified that about myself. So I generally, when I want to get better, I'm going to go watch a stream and try and trying to find someone who's doing something similar to what I want to do. So and it and it doesn't have to just be one. You can. Mm -hmm. I, I find myself. I do all of those things in some degree or another. It depends, obviously, on how much time I have at that particular moment. But it's it's you know, know knowing which one is your preferred style. Maybe that's the one you go to first. But there's probably things you can get from doing each of those each of those four main things. And so figuring out what parts of each of those that you can benefit from the most is, is, is where you're going to get the most value from the time that you have to spend. Exactly. Well said. Yep. Well, that will do it for us for the week. Uh, Mage, you want to go over this week's poll question? Yes. Our poll question is definitely about, uh, the the main topic today we we want to know what is your preferred style for learning Hearthstone when your time is limited? Uh, do you like watching games, listening to podcasts or uh, casters, 
talking or reading about Hearthstone, or is it just playing Hearthstone? So let us know. Vote, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Excellent. And speaking of the show, you can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com. You can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS, and you can follow the top pin tweet to join our Discord. And you can find myself at Daring Alkaline. Uh, Mage? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at MageDeath. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MageDeath. And if you happen to, I, I got to guest, uh, be a guest on Hearth Casual last week. Uh, we talked uh, about uh, Tavern Brawl. We talked about the, the balance changes and uh, a bunch of things. So definitely check that out if you are not a regular listener to that show. And a big thanks to Brian for having me on the show. And Dawn, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK, uh, D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. On Twitch, pretty much I, I try to do like Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, twitch.tv slash dragonriderdk. Uh, I also do Bob's Taverncast, a podcast all about Battlegrounds. And I'm also casting uh, the Supergirl Gamer Pro on Sunday nights, if anybody is interested in that. That's been a lot of fun. Also, as another thing, casting, I feel like casting has made me a better player. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah, so I, that's cool. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> I can imagine. I've only casted a few games back in the day of uh, UH, or was it UHL? Yeah, it was UHL. So, um, so that was fun. So, like, I'm jealous that you get to cast because that is, that is definitely a good time. So, um, and yes, to your point, I feel like it does make you a better player. Anyways, we could keep going on this for a lot longer, um, but we're trying to keep it to just about an hour. So at this point in time, we will leave you here. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three. Boom.